everyone. Welcome to the Life Unplugged podcast. This is James and Terry Kraft coming to you from sunny Southern California. Are you looking for an opportunity to join the discussion with two people who have traveled the real and vulnerable road of marriage recovery, ministry, family life, and leadership? Well, our hope is for you to journey with us through each episode into a discovery of what it means to live a faith-filled life in an honest, authentic, and unhindered way. So we encourage you to set aside life's distractions and stresses and get comfortable with us as we discuss Life Unplugged. Hi, everyone. This is James and Terry Kraft. We're back again. Uh, we are excited about today uh, here at Live Life Unplugged podcast. We have our specialist back with us today. Uh, if you listen to our previous podcast, uh, she had really good information. But we have our, we're going to call her our specialist because it, Kristen Snowden comes with such great resources, but she's a dear friend and also a partner uh, in what we do and helping people where they're at and their brokenness. And so, mm-hmm. Kristen, thank you for being back with us again and again, and again. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's become a new hobby of mine. Yes. yes. <laughs> this, is the, this is the way we get to talk. We do a podcast, and we get to be on Zoom, and uh, yes. we can't see each other. That's how we get other. our social engagement. We yeah. schedule a podcast. <laughs> That's that right. love. <laughs> well, this, this topic today, uh, compassion fatigue, we're going to just dive right in. It's great because we've talked about, Kristen, actually, you and I have talked a couple times and, and I love it because you're so honest. I, I think a couple months ago we were going to be doing something, um, together and I, and you text me and said, I think I'm suffering from some compassion fatigue. And I had heard the term before, but I didn't know much about it. And I, I did, you know, of course my, uh, sort of, I don't know, quirkiness. I'm like, what is that? I got to go find out. So I'm researching it a little bit. Um, and you know, then we obviously went on with our lives, but just the other day, um, I'm a member of the American, um, counseling association and, um, I get their, their, uh, publication and, and I, I pull it open and there's this great article on compassion fatigue. And I thought I actually, really would love to talk about that for a few minutes because I think there's a lot of us not only helping professionals who are dealing with it, but I think everybody can kind of connect to the concept of it. So I wanted to have you talk about it because you actually were vulnerable enough to say, Hey, yeah, I've actually dealt with that. I think we all have. Um, but mm-hmm. even in the recent months, um, and so we're going to dive into that. Um, before we do that though, um, I know you've got a couple of new things coming up and I want you to explain, you've got a, a new format of some things you're going to be doing as well as some opportunities. So I'm going to give you that, but a couple minutes before we dive in. Yeah, sure. I'll dive in. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, basically just due to the high demand, I used to get a couple email a week. Now I get a couple email a day. Uh, my private practice is full, so I can't see more people one-on-one. So I've been trying a new thing of trying to break it out into workshop mm-hmm. environments where I kind of do some educational lectures and have open discussions and create a, a supportive environment for people. So I launched my first one on August 24th, but the next one that I have huge, incredible demand for is um, on the topic of betrayal trauma. And Terry and I talk about that all the time, about it's the the trauma of experiencing betrayal due to infidelity, addiction, uncovering unknown addictions, et cetera, some emotional abuse, narcissism, et cetera. 
And I'm going to be launching a group for those people to come together and kind of talk about their, their, usually their world's been turned upside down and they just don't know how to navigate. Sometimes even helping professionals can do more damage than good if they don't understand the dynamics at play. And so I always, I have a really strong heart for, for being there for those people, for being advocates mm-hmm. for them to make sure they're not misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, they're appropriately, appropriately supported and, and everything. So that's launching October 12th and you can go to my website to find out more. Yeah. Great. Well, and there's, there is such a need and, and, um, I think one of our archives, um, that we, we did with you was a, uh, a podcast on that as well. So, uh, we need right. to republish that so people can hear that again. Um, but it is a great need. So, so we will put that information in, um, the, the notes as well. So people can see where, where mm-hmm. they can reach that, um, that information. But today we're going to be talking about compassion fatigue. So Kristen, how did you, how have you experienced compassion fatigue before? Well, I've been lucky enough to have it been part of my my education when I was um, getting my master's degree. So I'm a California licensed marriage and family therapist. And during my master's program, they were very clear with saying when you're hearing such heavy stories of people in a state of sadness, sometimes you guys are part of the first responder teams. You're hearing about high trauma, high levels of abuse, high levels of violence, very difficult people, right? So one, one day you're a hero to them. Another day you're the worst therapist they've ever met in their mm-hmm. life. So when you are surrounding yourself with these people multiple hours a day, a week, per every month, there's this concept called compassion fatigue. It's just this idea mm-hmm. that you start losing space for also remembering that these people are struggling, trying to meet every story, even though you've heard the story maybe 30 different times from 30 different people, that that's still the new person giving their new story. And for them, it's the most impactful experience in their life mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And just having the space of, of remembering all of that, always yeah. keeping that in mind. Yeah. And compassion fatigue most often happens when it's coupled with just constant intensity without breaks. And, and right now we're living in such a crisis time. Uh, I think I think we've talked about it before that I feel compassion fatigue most because when my clients were in state uh, such a state of struggle, there'd be all these suggestions and, and kind of coping skills and strategies and, and, and plans and, stra- and things we'd make to help them get out of their state that I find due to the restrictions of COVID are just not even an option anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's say the most common thing you would tell an alcoholic who's um, in deep struggle would be go to a meeting, dude, mm-hmm. you know, get in front of your, your guys yeah. in recovery, get some good connection with them. And and nowadays, yes, they are on Zoom, um, or now sometimes you can do small groups. But it's certainly there's a lot more obstacles to mm-hmm. getting the help yes. and support that you need. So I would always feel this constant bewilderment mm-hmm. of of where do I send these people? How do I help them? There's too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that can feel obviously overwhelming. Um, you know, I guess we could define even who helping professionals are. Um, too, because I think some people are like, well, do I fall in that category as a more high uh, level p- potential for compassion fatigue? And that would be, you know, professions such as counselors, nurses, uh, social workers, um, physicians, 
uh, medical workers, teachers, clergy, first responders. I mean, that's a lot of people there in, in general. Or parents sitting exactly. at home with their children all day long. That's exactly what we <laughs> were saying. Yeah. Coaches. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that, that because of the world we're in, a lot of us that are helping professionals and have, who have, you know, have been given some of the accountability measures of like, Hey, you need to take care of yourself. Hey, you need to, to, to really, you know, be aware. Um, we maybe have some of that training. Well, but maybe a parent or a coach or, um, uh, someone who's in ministry, they're like, I don't know why I'm experiencing some of these symptoms of what we would consider compassion fatigue. They might not have a context, but all of a sudden their mom is now counselor. Mom is now, you know, nutritionist. Mom is now, um, you know, housekeeper, housekeeper, academia. Yeah. Financial advisor. Exactly. So, um, we, we have heard a lot of people experience some of the symptoms of compassion fatigue and yet not know what's happening, um, with that. And obviously there's a lot of statistics showing that depression is, is increasing and a lot of, of our, um, you know, diagnosis that we would know that they're all, they're increasing right now. Right. Um, but it's great when we can kind of have a, a, a pinpoint of well, maybe I'm actually experiencing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, James, you know, ex- t- tell us a little bit about how you've experienced compassion fatigue before, which you, cause James is an eight on the Enneagram intense, intense, intense. Wow. Say it one more time. Intense. intense. <laughs> He's an intense individual, but I love that about him. But he, but you, you're the kind of person that you will just go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually an eight, it's like, you know, you get to the point where it's like you're burned out Mm -hmm. and then everyone has to tell you you're burned out. Then you're like, I might be burned out, Mm -hmm. you know? So, (laughs) so yeah. So I was sitting there at lunch. We were talking at lunch about this and I said, James, I think you've experienced burnout and compassion fatigue, which compassion fatigue has sort of a trauma component to it. At the same time, I'm like, you have experienced both of those. Um, and, and the way they sort of describe the, the American Institute of Stress um, describes it as um, the emotional residue or strain of exposure to working with those suffering from uh, consequences of traumatic and stressful events. Right. So we normally wouldn't say that, oh, yeah, I'm a mom. I'm at home. I might be dealing with But your kid is like really ex- exuding the after effect of having – a traumatic experience right now. So all of a sudden I'm having to now carry some of the residue of that. And I didn't, I didn't know that that was impacting me except Mm -hmm. gosh, I feel depressed. So we might be experiencing some depressed or agitated, short tempered, bite their head off over something small, right? It's not just in a shutdown depression state. It can be in a heightened Intense, intense, intense state. <laughs> yeah, I look at James. I'm like, why don't you tell us? Yeah. Tell us, have you experienced? Well, I have. I, I, I work with, uh, it's high intensity. I work with a lot of guys that are dealing with addictions. And so it's, uh, and I do with a lot of times one-on-one. So I walk alongside of their every day of their life while right. they walk through, as they walk through recovery. Well, that's, sometimes I go to bed at night just exhausted. You know, and then you do that long term. And if I'm not disciplined and I don't have boundaries 
and some margins in life, I will go straight into this burnout and this compassion fatigue. Um, I did it right um, at the end. I went to this backpacking trip I told on the last episode, and it took months and months to prepare for it. But then I did for weeks leading up to it, really intense getting because we're doing this documentary on it and a lot of hours, a lot of hours on top of working with all these men and couples. And, and so I was just put my head down and kind of keep on going. But then I went on the trip and I, there's no rest. You don't go and, and sit by a lake and hang out and just t- drink some wine and have a good time. No, it was exhausting. And then while we're there, we're still talking about struggles and challenges. And, and I felt myself kind of shutting down. Like, I don't want to hear right. about it. Um, I don't want, I want to go away. <laughs> I want to get lost in the woods right, right. now. <laughs> and, and then I think the big, and so a, that's going to happen and that's okay. And I think that's the blessing of being taught that in a master's program yeah. is that this is just par for the course, not because what the problem is, is when you put it through a shame filter mm-hmm. and you put it through this voice in your head. That's like, I am a, a person who's supposed to help. I am a person who's a professional in being a container of this information of showing an extraordinary amount of compassion and understanding. And I'm falling short. Mm. Like I am not able to do it. And I can either say, Oh, that's a symptom of something I knew was going to happen and then come up with the best coping ways to get through it and get back to a better state. Or I can be knocked over by a second tidal wave after compassion fatigue, which is you're failing. You suck. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't do what you're doing. And then it sucks you into this vortex of shame and dark. That's right. That's right. And actually, a lot of people who have um, sought out help for compassion fatigue, um, they note that they feel a sense of failure of Mm -hmm. like, you know, some some people who are like, I just decided not to even do that anymore because I felt like maybe I just wasn't cut out for it. When in Mm -hmm. fact, they were, but they just didn't have the the support that they needed, you know, with it. And, and they, it can sometimes be kind of considered secondary trauma. Um, and Mm -hmm. if we have unresolved trauma in our lives, then we're going to be actually more susceptible to compassion fatigue. So if I'm both a helping professional, which includes clergy Mm -hmm. and, and ministry, um, first responders, all those people, and, and now we're going to kind of include, not only the teachers and and some of the parents that are in this big mass, um, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not kind of understanding how I need to continue to do my own work, then I'm actually putting myself in harm's way of sometimes dealing with this ongoing, both maybe Mm -hmm. big trauma and maybe even little traumas that come up on a daily basis. Right. And that, with that also comes boundaries. Mm-hmm. I know when I hit compassion fatigue, it means that despite how much I love my job and I, I love being there for clients, that I have to knock out those shame voices that say you are only as valuable as you are productive mm-hmm. and say, no, That's I'm right. sorry, I can't see you this week. I'm going to have to see you next week take days off. I mean, again, that's the blessing of we work. I work in a treatment center with several other therapists. It is high intensity, high acuity levels. Um, the burnout and turnover in that type of industry is very high, but a, I'm in a supportive community where we kind of all sit at lunchtime and process, you know, how a particular client, we were really struggling with them and, and everyone says, yeah, I get it. I've been there. There's a lot of empathy and compassion, the way you can kind of help your own compassion fatigue is, mm-hmm. is talk it out with someone else. 
have someone else douse you with a bunch of, I get it. You're not a, you know, you're not a unicorn. You are <laughs> all of us right now. Mm-hmm. And let's figure out some strategies. It's okay for you to tap out and go take a break. Mm-hmm. It's so okay good. for you to say, I, I can't do the, do this today. That's so good. Um, and there should be zero, if anything, it's the most courageous thing that people could do in those moments is mm-hmm. to tap out. That's good. Well, when you have a marriage and you have husband and wife, it's a great opportunity when one can come in and say, hey, I'm taking over and the other one has a break. The challenge in our world today is that we have so many marriages that are in divorce and single parents. And so right. they're they're faced with the reality of going and working all day and they're giving and they're coming right. back to their children. And it's just this dynamics right mm-hmm. now that we're working with in this COVID world that we're trying to look at how do we, where does that insanity stop? You know, so that someone can actually take a breath, a breather, and be able to have some uh, some uh, understanding of where they're at, that they aren't crazy, you know, and that they just need to be able to get some help, or they just need a break, you know. And so yeah, that is okay. so important in our world today, just to have. And I, I have a my heart breaks for you know single parents, you know, because I we absolutely we we're, we have a healthy family. We we have our challenges like everybody right. else, but we tag team. You know, and we work together, right. Terry and I do. And I'm only thinking, gosh, how do these people do it on their own? And multiple children and then having to work and this, it, th- there's a lot of chaos out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so oh, yeah. how do you keep on having even compassion for your own self, let alone your kids yeah. in the process? Yeah, I love I love you bringing in the idea of support, um, you know, as we navigate what that means to be humble and sometimes take the risk of being vulnerable. Um, some of the, the compassion fatigue symptoms include, you know, feeling burned out, you know, blaming others, isolating, loss of pleasure in life, difficulty concentrating, um, insomnia, physical, mental fatigue, um, you know, emotional dysregulation, meaning, you know, emotions all over the place, um, increased nightmares, um, you know, not sleeping well, frequency of hopelessness, uh, frequent complaining, overeating, all of the stuff that, you know, just really some of the negative um, coping strategies, even that we talked about uh, last time, um, and then some, you know, denial as well. And so, you know, Kristen, we're going to wrap here. And I think, you know, James and I um, are probably going to follow up this with with another podcast and just talk a little bit about um, some of the of the ways that we've walked through that. Um, but what would be sort of a parting encouragement uh, on this? Uh, is to first and foremost know that you are not alone. Um, Honestly, it's the people that love the most, work the hardest, try the most, um, that have are are most prone to those shame voices, like don't get off the treadmill, keep on running. Mm -hmm. But yet that's also why you have to give yourself a a break. Mm -hmm. You know, like Brene Brown said, I've never met someone who's been so giving of their time and energy who didn't also assert healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or it's even the steps of compassion fatigue. Like I've done these things enough and been through enough crises to know that I shouldn't even wait till I'm in the full fatigue mode that I need to start pacing myself at a better state. And, you know, last podcast we were talking about healthy coping skills to make sure there's enough time for healthy sleeping, healthy eating, talking with other people, getting outside, engaging with people, not just in a, a in an intense setting, but in a more therapeutic setting of mm-hmm. just talking about nothing and engaging in nothing, mm-hmm. um, play, 
that I preemptively know that that has to be set up in my life right now because I'm dealing with people in high stress, high crisis mode. And so if I want to be there most with them and, and kind of work out in a longevity type state, I need to plan accordingly already. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's, That's good. really good. Yeah. Cause if somebody knows you're a helping professional, I know for James and I, sometimes it's like somebody says, Hey, I want to go out to lunch. And you're thinking it's, it's like to enjoy each other's company and they go into some like gnarly story and you're thinking, oh, they're thinking I'm helping professional right now. I'm not wearing that hat, but they think I am. So it's good to have boundaries to understand where mm-hmm. we are and, and walk that out. Yeah, so good. That's good. Well, thank you, Kristen. And obviously you, Kristen. so many good opportunities. If you're interested in the um, uh, Betrayed Partners group, it's an online group, correct? Yeah. Online group, um, kristensnowden.com, K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Um, and uh, we'll have that in the notes as well. Thank you. I mean, we'll obviously have you on again. So, Well, you are our, obviously said, we, you're our fellow, our ex, you know, expertise yeah. here. President fellow. Yeah, so thank you so much for your time. And anybody else, too, you can go to livelifeunplugged.org for more information on what we have for resources and even connection with us. You can reach us through our website as well. Those emails go directly to us, not to somebody else or an answering center or something like that. Um, we are just grateful to have this podcast to bring really qualified um, guests on with us to be able to speak into your life. And and I know there's much more, but you can go back to even some of our old episodes and really find out more information um, and what could be helpful to, help, helpful to you where you're at. So, um, so thank you so much for joining us here. And thank you, Kristen. Um, but we look forward to being back with you here at Live Life Unplugged. If you'd like to hear more from James and Terry, subscribe to this channel. Check out their website at jamesandterrycroft.com and livelifeunplugged.org or find them on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. This podcast is made possible by the generous partnership of Rasa Flooring, Miller Waldrop Furniture, Kingdom Work Studios, and Embassy City Church.